Hello and welcome to the Bikes and Bulldust podcast. It is November 2021. I am Todd Reed. Jed, we got the band back together after a couple of months of Zoom podcasts. We're back face to face. Yeah, that was terrible. It's yeah, it's this is much better. <laughs> it is. It's great. It's better quality, everything. It's much easier face to face. We've got all the gear lined up. It's a nice change after a couple of months of being locked in our houses, mate. Thank God that's over. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Well, it's still going on, but we're out. Yeah, we're pretty fortunate. We're out of lockdowns and everything where we are and, yeah, all of that. We've had the bikes out. We've been riding. Yeah. It's all been happening. Yeah, that's it. Went for a trail ride, so. How'd you go? How'd yeah, you feel good. after that? We went for a trail ride, what, last week? Week before we went out the bush? Yeah, two weeks ago, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a fortnight today. Yeah. Um, Because yeah. it was the Thursday, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And it was nice. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. A little bit dusty, but um, no, it was good. We didn't come across... Oh, no, there was a couple of other bikes out there. A couple of other rednecks in their high-vis and, you know, got work boots and off that were going. Don't know what they were doing, but... (laughs) Beat ran out of the bush there somewhere, but it was pretty fun. We went for a few good rides up a few big hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. Yeah, no, it was good. Turned around on one hill. Come yeah. back down. It got a bit steep. We sort of yeah. went and stopped and started, and we're like, oh, no, nah, we'll keep going. And then it got, like, mega steep, and we thought, oh, no, nah, we probably should leave that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Husky's in a bit good nick to be going <laughs> up those big hills. We'll leave that for Greeny. <laughs> what else has been happening this month, man? No, nah, not much. Just um, mountain biking, obviously, flat out, because we've been in lockdown. We've only just come out. So, mm. um, yeah, that, and back into a bit of F45, and, yeah, it's good. That's the go. That's about it. Playing with the bikes, tinkering with the bikes. They're all ready to go again. Um, can you get on the one two five and try out the suspension that Woodsy's done? Yeah, so Derek and Woodsy. So you were saying just there off here, you got a couple of bits for the one two five. What's yeah, going on there? Found a few parts. So uh, I want to go to this one two five cup. Oh yeah, up in the Gold Coast. Well, I was going to go before lockdown, and then um, that kind of changed plans and everything. So come next year, we're going. That's the go. We're on. We're going up. And you got a yellow box for the one two five. Yes, yes. Yeah, got a, got a, got a um, a special box there. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing a vortex at it. See what see what improvements you can get out of it there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll obviously test this suspension first, and um, then I'll throw the vortex at it. And I've got a couple of other things I want to do to it as well. But I, I copped mm. a um. I think there's been a few comments pointed in my direction after our Stockies best chat there last month. So, Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah, in okay. a bit of good fun. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and I had a few other comments and messages about things I said last month. A little bit of info on some GP stuff too that was interesting. So, oh, okay. Anyway, I guess we'll get to that during the show. Yeah. Uh, before we get too much further into the show, I do want to wish we Regan Duffy all the very best in his recovery. Uh, I think... Most people in the industry would be aware of what's happened with Regan and his life-threatening crash. Yeah, so all the best to Regan and all the best for your recovery and, and your future there, mate. I, yeah, we can only hope and pray that you come out the other end as well as you went. Down, Definitely, so, yeah. yeah. Um, as we said, a little bit of GP talk. We'll have a chat there. Plenty going on. We've got three rounds to go in that series as we record this. Motorcycling Australia have called the 2021 Pro MX Series, so now we officially have some new Australian champions for the first time in a while, Jed. Yeah, that was uh, just all of a sudden, wasn't it? Like, I was thinking maybe they might try and cram a few more rounds in. Like, you know, we've still got – well, we're out now, so we've got November, December to um, 
smash a couple more rounds in. Um, but no, it's cool. Yeah, I, I was hopeful that, um, like I didn't think it was likely, but I was still hopeful that we might just have like a super weekend of, you know, I don't know, pick a track, Appen, I don't know, somewhere, you know, um, somewhere in Victoria, like I don't know. Yeah, just and two just, tracks, doesn't matter. Yeah, even yeah. if it was just one, I thought we were, I was hopeful we might have just one big bang to finish the year off just to get it out of the way and yeah, obviously there's just too much going on politically that they can't make that happen, but I guess I was hopeful, wishful thinking, but yeah, interesting to see some new champs. Silly season started, we've got some riders moving teams and... It's all going on on that front too, Jed. It is, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, pretty interesting. Jason Anderson, um, Tomac, mm. uh, Mookie. All their photos and videos are coming out on their new bikes. Plus, back here in Australia with Ferris, Webster moving up to the four fifty. What's Kurt Gibbs gonna do? Is Wilson Todd gonna come home? Yeah, yeah. Lots to talk about there. We might get into that. One Thaggy, uh, announced to be the Pro MX opener for 2022. What did you make of that? Yeah. Um, oh, it's good. I guess it doesn't matter where it is really. Like, you know, I don't see an issue with One Thaggy. I think it's great, yeah. I th- yeah, I think it's think it's good. Um, well-known track, been in the series for years. Um, good racing. Good racing. It's a national track. Yeah. Um, just thought it was odd that they didn't, didn't announce any others. Yeah, I guess it must just be part of a broader staged release, you know, like we saw Mackay got announced, I think it was round two, and it's going to be collaborated with the AORC, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, so that would, I don't know this, but that would lead me to think that round three is going to be Queensland as well. Like, you would think maybe they'll do Mackay, and then a week later, they'll do, I don't know, QMP, Coolum, Conondale. Yeah. So take your pick of how You don't want to jump from Melbourne to Queensland to back to Melbourne to... WA or something, do you? Well, if you're going all the way to Mackay, you might as well come somewhere on the way home. That's right, yeah. Um, And probably southeast Queensland would make sense. Yeah. Um, Or northern New South Wales even, like because of Victorian teams, that could work out all right. So Hmm. that was cool. Australian Arena Cross by ProTrax. Yeah. That looks cool. Looks good, yeah. Um, Had a few people message us about it and that, and I was talking to uh, Trent Brockdrop, and um, looks good. Yeah, looks fun. It's like a bit of a... Reminds me of the old stadium cross days back here in New South Wales when Dirt Bike Promotions ran at Gen. Yeah, I'll like, feel Sergeant. Yep. Yep, yep. No, they, they were the days. They were good. I think it'll be a good series, good development. There was something missing in between. And when we grew up, we had it, you know. Um, from when we were young, there was that there was that in between and then the Supercross was the, you know, the big dogs and all that. And Yeah. Um, well, i got to be honest so, and say if it wasn't for that stadium motocross series that we had, I don't think I would have ever ridden Supercross if it wouldn't have been for that. No, probably wouldn't have. And then we ended up riding Supercross because yeah. of it, you know, like yeah. Supercross Masters and whatever back in the day. We did yeah. some of those events like at Wollongong and whatever. Yeah, and, Gosford, yeah. Um, yeah, Gosford. I I could confidently say I don't know if I ever would have done Supercross. Yeah. If it hadn't have been for a series like the stadium motocross series at the time or what, you know, current day version, possibly this Arena Cross series could be. So Yeah, yeah. Super exciting. Like I know it's not here in New South Wales, it's Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it does. It's a bit of driving if we're gonna go. Who's keen for a road trip? <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, four rounds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll go to all of them. So it's um Victoria in South Australia. Yeah. So it's a, obviously a massive trek for us, but nonetheless I think it's super cool. You see where the first round is? I uh, didn't I I did look but I can't remember off the top of my head. Where were they? Or 
Bash Marsh. Bacchus Marsh. All right. Yeah. yeah. That's. Uh, I'm guessing it's going to be at Ride Park or something. Oh yeah, right. I don't don't know that area that well, but that didn't they? Um, well, that's where Ride Park Vic is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing maybe they're going to turn the Supercross track into a. Well, you this um you was it Eureve ran it a couple of years ago there. Somebody ran a Supercross there a couple of years ago, and it was not far from where Ride Park is. Oh, okay. At yeah. another spot, I don't oh, know much yeah, about it. Yeah, might be there. It, it might yeah. be there then. So, don't yeah. know much about it. Um, but yeah, super cool to see that get up and running. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, and hopefully it extends into into New South Wales. Be nice. Yeah. Wishful yeah. thinking. Yeah. Coffs Harbour Stadium Cross was announced. You put this up in our notes here, Jed. I didn't actually see that. What's the story there? Yeah, so 15th of January um, next year, obviously. It's always in the first couple of weeks of January every year, and it's stinking hot. Um, so it looks like they've gone to a two-day format, um, you know, starting in the afternoon, running into the, to the night. So there's going to be obviously more night racing, which is, you know, a kind of cool thing that everyone wants to do with these stadium crosses, arena cross things. That was a cool thing back in the day. Yeah. Making it to the finals or... Um, all that to to race of a night time. So, um, yeah, I'm guessing obviously because it's it's so hot. Like I did the one a couple of years ago, and you were sweating sitting there. <laughs> so um, at Coffs Harbour, you know Coffs Harbour is beautiful too. But you're sitting at the showground in the middle of January. In the know. middle of January in summer. So um, yeah, it looks like two day format should be good. Fifteenth of January. Um, Usually pulls good riders too. Like last yeah. year we had. Clout, Mossy. Yeah, Tanty um, was there. Yeah, Tanty. Um, it was his debut on the Gas Gas there earlier this year. So Yeah, it's a few people there. So. It usually attracts quite a few riders, so hopefully they keep that going and we can see some pros there and um, some of these pros maybe on their new coloured bikes by then as well. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Jay Wilson, uh, All Japan MX Championship at Sugo, 1-1. I think that's really cool to see Jay go over there and do that. Hey, like. Yeah, I was surprised no one else did. Yeah. Well, I guess it's an like, op- opportunity, right? Like, Yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, I just thought maybe Reese Bart or someone might go as well. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, maybe he's paying for an out of his own pocket or something like that. But, yeah, good. Unreal. From, from what I understand, there's a bit of uh, goodwill there on behalf of Yamaha where, you know, they've had the Japanese rider come out last year. His name escapes me right now and was going to do the Nationals last year and obviously yeah. it didn't happen, so he didn't ride it. And I think it was just a bit of a goodwill thing on Yamaha's behalf to send Jay over because, you know, they looked after the Yamaha guy last year and whatnot. And, you know, obviously Jay's pretty tight with that whole Yamaha thing. He's in with Josh Coppins as well and Jay's really in that Yamaha circle. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was really cool. And to go 1-1 on where he claims there was a stock bike too, like um, I know my claims of stock is best and our claims got a bit of heat there, but... Kind of goes to show that stock bikes aren't too bad, Jed. I'm keen to hear this. Uh, this oh, look, I, I think it was just a bit of a, you know, a few people saying, hey, look, you know, there are worthwhile things you can do to your bike. And, like, I don't disagree. Like, we just spoke about Vortex Ignitions and other things, which do work great. I, I guess my point was more, how many times do you see or hear people doing crazy, ridiculous mods that have no, uh, no point to Yeah, them? yeah, yeah. You know, that's more the point, you know. It's not to say that there's not good engine builders or... You know, but you, do you need an ignition? Do you need your engine modified? Need is the word there to go and win at a club day or something like that. And need is the word. That's right. Like you've We've just got, you've just bought a Vortex for your one two five. I've but, bought a Vortex for my Husky. Right? Need? No. Want? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good price? Yes. Yeah. So good re- to do a review on for the show. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Only reasons why. Mm. The 22, 
Chad Reed, he's back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. How many times is this going to happen? I don't think it's going to be the last. No, no. Paris Supercross, we're going to see the big 2-2. There's a couple of other riders going as well. I had Cole Seeley and then yep. a couple of Euros and whatnot, so um, I'm not completely up on it, but I did hear some stuff the other day and looked at socials. Yeah, and Brayton and that, and the usuals. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't see Brayton, but he could be. Yeah. I'm pretty um, sure he's going. Yeah, I have no idea. I just saw Chad and Seely and a few others, so that would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you make of Chad, Chad's YouTube channel? Um, did he? <laughs> did, so, like, the Deegans went there not long ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Was that, all, was that whole YouTube thing planted the seed, like, by the Deegans, do you think? Well, I don't know, but then I sent an advertisement. They advertised for a social media film person for the Deegans and Tutu. All right. So I'm guessing they're... Pa- between the two families, they're paying for someone to do... Because the Deegan's YouTube channel things. is huge. Oh, yeah, it's massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, has yeah. been for God knows how long. Yeah. Like, I don't watch it, but... No, neither do I. I don't have that much time on my hands. I'm not saying it's not good, because yeah. I actually have seen bits and pieces here, and it's pretty cool by the looks, and, dude, the numbers that it gets are through the roof. Yeah, okay. And that pays money, right? Like, yeah. we all know that YouTube pays money if you have over whatever their amount of viewers is. I can't remember it off the top of my head. So. Yeah, yeah. As a small income stream, I guess why not? But I just sort of thought, oh, I wonder if the Deegans had sort of been in Chad and Ellie's ear and said, hey, like, you got to get on this YouTube thing, can make you a dollar. And, yeah, um, maybe. It's running yeah. a big rig, running a factory setup again. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, here we go. I'm just going to click on the Deegans YouTube channel and let's have a look and see some numbers. But yeah, 1.1 million subscribers. And, oh, that's a bit loud in the background, isn't it? And 600,000 views on a video that was three weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, anyway, what do I make of Chad's channel? Yeah, good for them. Look, that's cool. There's going to be people out there that love it and watch it and subscribe and all the rest of it. I'll probably yeah. watch bits and pieces of it here and there. I showed yeah. my kids the other day, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, like, they were like, oh, yeah, cool. So, <laughs> yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah. Uh, moving on a little bit from that, but staying in Europe. Dan Milner taking up an Enduro GP opportunity and yeah. says goodbye to KDM. Australia, yeah. Yep. That was interesting. Why I, not? Oh, I totally agree. Good opportunity. Go. Yeah. I've got to wonder a little bit why, to be honest, he'd never done anything like that earlier. Yeah. Um, I'd sort of thought this in years gone by. I even said last year that I was surprised to see him re-sign with KDM. I thought he might have done something else. Um, so I'm not at all surprised to see him take up this Enduro GP opportunity. I'm not sure who it with. I think it might be a Honda, but I don't know that. So Yeah, I don't know who it is with either, but when I heard about it, I actually I thought the same thing. I think, thought, good for him. Why hadn't you done this years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I guess he's a little bit older and making that step to Europe in his position because I think he's a little bit younger than us. Like, I think he's around the 30 age, somewhere there. Yeah, yeah. But I think making that step when you're that sort of bit older and more established in Australia and you know, got your family roots and all that stuff. I think that's much harder than when you're 18, 19, 20 and you're just a kid and you just want to go and do whatever the hell you want. So I think it's going to be a harder step in that regard for Dan, like lifestyle and living over there. And I think that's going to be more than the riding part. Like I think as far as skills and riding, I think he's fine. But the rest of it I think is going to be the challenge and probably the enjoyment for him as well. Like I think it'd be great at that age to be able to go and experience that and how cool would that be? Oh, definitely. Travelling yeah. around Europe and riding bikes. And yeah, and who knows, it might lead into something else. He might follow down the path of Chucky and um, Toby, you know, like get into the rally bikes. 
Yeah, maybe. Could end up that way. Yeah. New South Wales boy Will Rupert got fourth outright and second in the E2 class for the Enduro GP season while we're talking about it. I don't really follow it that closely, but I sort of follow him on socials and I thought, wow, that's pretty cool, like second overall in Enduro GPs. It's, he's on the TM team over there. Yep. So. TM. That's a flashback. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, haven't heard of that brand in a while. Yeah, I remember working on them things. Oh, when you're at Cessnock at the bike shop? <laughs> yes. At Cessnock Motorcycles? Yeah, yeah. Because that's right. They was the importer. Oh, no, they that, were just... Um, yeah, no, Cessnock Motorcycles was the... Um, were they the importer they, when they you were They were the there, importer though? for team. No, that was before my time, but they still had stragglers of them coming in by the time I got there and everything, and they moved into the main street. Remember, they were just in the shed yeah, down the yeah, end of the yeah. main street of Cessnock, just this dingy shed, and they were the importer. And That's right. Um, then Fiona Collins took over and... That's um, when you were there. Moved into the main street and... Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your TM story? Come Cr- on, you've got to have times. a TM story. Oh. I've got a uh, TM story. Oh, here we go. So, uh, oh, I can't remember what year it was. I reckon it was about 04 or 05. I reckon it was 04, 2004. Because I, I think I had that stinking RMZ250. Oh, yeah. You know, those machines that just blew up when you looked at them. I think it was... Shoot the valves. Oh, dude. Gobbled them up. (laughs) I think it was that year. Actually, now that I think about it more, I'm sure it was 2004 when I had that RMZ250 that blew up every other week. Yeah, I think it was. I'm sure it was that year. Well, this... Because I went right... I rode a TM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, why the hell I was on a TM, I can't remember, but it would have only been because my bike blew up. Yeah. Which would tell me it's the Suzuki. Anyhow, so, my Suzuki must have shit itself, as per usual, as it did every other week, and... We were going to Dunny Do for state titles. Might have been state titles, you know. Yeah, that, I think that was 04. Ah, uh, 04, 05. Somewhere there. Anyway, we were going mm-hmm. to Dunny Do for a weekend. Yeah. And I borrowed, someone said, hey, look, I saw your Suzuki blew up. You can borrow my TM125. So I borrowed a TM125 this weekend at Dunny Do. And all the thing did, man, was just rev. Yeah. Rev to the moon. <laughs> you just had to hold this TM on the limiter just the whole way around because it had. Not to say it had no bottom end, like it had a little bit, and it was crisp and it ran fine, but all of the power was just up the top. Like it was from three quarters to full throttle was where all of the power was located on this TM125, and you just had to hold it on song. The whole way around. Sounds like the Hondas back in the day as well. The whole way around Dunny Do. Swinging off a 125 TM. There you go. That's my TM story. You've got to have one. Come on, surely. No, well, I didn't ride one. Um, obviously test rode them once you fixed them and everything, but I just remember shit falling off of them, bolts vibrating out of them, yeah, right. um, things like that. You know, they could suspension and everything. That Olin's um, in Olin's in them, that's right, yeah. They were they were very tricky in that sense. And um, I don't know, they kind of come in hard and fast and they were kind of popular and um, you had the odd things go wrong with them overheating and seasoning and everything like that. And I don't know, I don't, they just disappeared. Yeah. Just well, once the hauls got out of it. Yeah. The whole family. Yeah, Malcolm and that, yeah. Once they got out of it, I think it just that was the end of it. Yeah, it just kind of disappeared. Yeah. I don't know so, anything about it these days, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, could, I haven't seen one in years. Not in New South Wales. I think there's someone in <laughs> no. Queensland that imports or does some small-time distribution, but... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about it other than that. Anyway, there you go. There's your pointless TM talk for the show. Yeah, that's it. Um, I don't really follow... GNCC in the USA much at all but I am a bit of a fan of Josh Strang he was in our age group through juniors at state titles if you remember Jed 
And I raced against him at like Amcross and all that stuff growing up. And I saw he got second in what I think looked like the gnarliest mud race I've ever seen. I, did you see any of that? Yeah, is that the one Axel Hodges done as oh, well? Might, I don't know. might have been. Yeah, I, I think it might have been because it was yeah muddy as hell. I don't follow yeah. Axel, so I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah could have yeah. been. Well, I saw the result and I was like, oh, yeah. And then Lyndon Snodgrass is over there too. He's another Aussie and he's riding the 250F for the same Kawasaki team. So I was like, oh, look, I'll... And it was the last round of the year in Indiana. So I thought, oh, look, I'll just have a quick look and see what happened over the course of the season. And um, I was watching it. It was a two-hour race through this mud slop. And I was just like, oh, my. Like, if you guys listening have a second, just check it out. Like, did not look fun at all. That'd be the one I've seen. Oh, anyway, so Strangy got second, Snodgrass got third, and then overall for the championship, championship, Strang got fourth and Snodgrass got third. So that's a pretty good result for those boys. So yeah, definitely, mm, really good. Yeah, obviously coming out in the uh, in the in the elements. Mm. So. We've been talking a little bit about American Flat Track this year, Jed. Their series finished up a couple of weeks back at Charlotte Half Mile. Max Whale grabbed the win, second overall in the championship. Um, big season for Max. He got five overall wins, which was the most out of anybody in the AFT singles class. So, yeah, good for him. Like, unfortunately, he didn't win. But, I mean, the way it's looking and with all the wins, looks positive for next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, th- his first year over there too, I think. Oh, he's been his there for a few one. years. Was, was this it? was his first year on Red Bull KDM. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. I knew it was something at first for something, but... um. It's big over there compared to here, isn't it? So, that's no, good. All right, let's move on and talk about a bit of Aussie Pro MX, hey? Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Search Todd and Jed. Pro MX is over, like we said in the opening there, Jed. So, it was wishful thinking to think that more racing was going to happen, like we said, but unfortunately it didn't. I was really hoping we'd go off with a bang and get another race in there, but yeah, unfortunately it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, no, that, and that's okay. And I guess fair enough, um, you know, Supercross and Motocross are starting early in 2022, so have some time off and we'll go again. Where do we want to start? 450 overall results? Let's have a look yeah. there, eh? So Luke Clout, Regan Duffy, Todd Waters were your top three. 250s, Kyle Webster, Jesse Dobson, Reese Budd. Your top three there. And MX3 development was Blake Fox, Ryder Kingsford, and Caden Minia. Obviously, there's nothing new there. Like, that didn't change from whenever the last round was at Maitland that I went to. So, yeah, nothing's changed. A couple of notes that I've got here. So, you and I said in the opening, what are our picks for the season? So, I've dug them back in. Are you <laughs> of ready? Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. So, my 450 picks, I'll start with mine. And I did say in this order... Todd Waters, Luke Clout, and Matt Moss. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, looking at that, Cloudy, obviously, I picked for second. He got the win. No surprises, really. Like, I thought he'd be super competitive. Todd Waters, I picked for the win. He ended up third overall. I think it took Todd a little while to get going there in that early part of the season, which I think sort of... and I. I I don't think he had the pace of Clout. Like, I think it was, to me, a little bit, not surprising, but Clout showed a little bit more consistent speed than I thought he might have coming into the season. So I guess that explains those two. And Matt Morse, I was a bit off on that one, wasn't I? That might have been a bit wishful thinking. Yeah. 
don't worry, I was back in Mossy as well. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I guess there's a lot of hype and everything, and um, um, well, just, he, just he goes ha- to show that how hard it is to work work full time and try and train and race as well and you know? fund your own program and fund your own program like you know chase the sponsors and everything like that was one of your points early on i just listened to this the other day listening back trying to get ready for this show one of your points about matt moss was you really weren't sure based on the fact that he's got to run his own program fund his own program and still work that's right and that was your biggest thing that you were questioning about it and yeah. i think you got it nailed. Like that yeah. proved, I think, in the end, to be his Achilles' heel. I don't think it was mm. a lack of talent. I, as much as he didn't show the speed to run at the front, like I don't think speed is Matt Moss's problem. Mm. I think, it, like you said, it was fitness, time on bike, working, just trying to juggle life. Really, yeah, that's right. As a non-professional, oh, well, he's a professional, but not in the sense that that's his full-time. No, game. but if he could be a Clout and Regan and um, being paid by the manufacturers and not. You know, and just training seven days a week, mm. doing solely and solely just to race his motorcycle, he'd be okay. Do you think we would have saw better results if that was to be the case? Like, oh, I, I think we I would know, have definitely. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah, bike time, seat time, proper training program. You know, he's got kids as well, so you know, probably didn't sleep some nights and then got up and rode. So, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Your MX One picks, Jed. You Here said in no particular order. Yeah, because you know you can't commit to these things. No, I pushed you to it, but you said yeah. no, no, no particular order. You said Luke Clout, Kurt Gibbs, and Todd Waters, and boy, you were pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah, like uh, Gibbs ended up fourth. Yep. Only by like eight points or something. So you were really close there. The only person you really missed on that one was Regan Duffy. So yeah, yeah, love your work. Yeah, well, I know. I just knew how fast Clout was and how good he gels with that Yamaha. We've seen it. Yeah. So, still does. Yeah, absolutely. MX2, we'll go start with you. So, again, you said in no particular order, Kyle Webster, Jay Wilson, and Nathan Crawford, and you were interested to see what Jai Roberts did. Yeah, I just think off um, off the back of his, was it 18 or 19 that he had the big crash? Um, yep. You know, concussion, everything, yeah. took, it, took, took him out. It was in a coma. Oh, yeah. Um, you know. Uh, took him out, and that was – I felt like that he was in the top of his game. It was his season to lose. Yeah. Um, he kind of proved that at Appen at the first round. And then, um, yeah, I don't know, he's been riding good and everything. We've seen him at the local tracks and everything and, like, lakes, like, dominating and stuff. Um, so, just, yeah, wanted to see how he went. Yeah, that was all your comment yeah. was leading yeah. in, was you just wanted to see – where it would pan out for Jai and how things mm. would go because it was just really one of them things where it's like this, yeah, good luck to him for getting out there and ripping in and having mm. a go. And I don't think you could ever question his work ethic and drive and determination. Like he's been out there, he's putting in the effort, he's mm. doing the motos, he's putting in the training, he's putting in the laps. I don't know if the results ended up being there that he might have hoped for, but... Yeah, no, I don't think so either. But, yeah. I, I mean, i I got to say, like, I really admire him for putting in the effort and doing what he does. Like, he seems to really have a go. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, yeah, you nailed it on Kyle Webster there for the win. Yeah. Jay Wilson, um, again, you got that one right. So, geez, mate, you're coming out roses here. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Um, My – oh, sorry, Jay didn't get on that. He got fourth, I think it was in points. So, anyway, but you were pretty close. Jay did have a good season. 
Um, my MX2 picks were Kyle Webster, Jay Wilson, and Reese Budd. So I was pretty close too. I yeah. got Reese Budd and Kyle Webster there. Yep. Um, obviously, Jay Wilson, I missed that one. It ended up being Jesse Dobson in second. Um, I said I was really impressed with Reese going into the season with what he did leading up to this year in those preseason races we saw at Canberra and a few in Queensland and whatever. Mm. And we had him on the show, and I was really impressed with Reese, and that's oh. why I picked him for third. And I got to say, I'm probably now more impressed with him than what I was at the start of the season. I think he's got a big future. Yeah, I think he does too. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing from the the few rounds that we did have. Um, he rode unreal. Reminds me of a bulldog. He's he's, he's just charging. And I remember I rode with him at uh, Briggsy's when I went down there. Um, that was before the Canberra round. Him and Clout were there, and he was flying. He was he was not backing off, and he was tucking into those ruts and hanging on. <coughs> mm, I really admire mm. what Reese is doing too. I think he's yeah. doing a great job at the moment. Uh, any thoughts on MX3 development? Blake Fox, Ryder Kingsford, Cade Minia. Any thoughts from you on those three? I mean, we didn't oh. do picks for them, but do you have any thoughts on their seasons? No, obviously, Blake Blake Fox, congratulations. We had him on the show as well. Spoke to him, bright up-and-coming future for him as well. I think he rode really well. But also, Ryder Kingsford, he was turning it on towards the end there as well. It would have been interesting to see how the rest of the season went between them two battling it out. I um, think so too. Because um, I, mean, I think it was the Maitland round, Ryder turned... Turned it on like he was he was riding really well. Uh, Blake, it was uh, Canberra. Blake oh, it, yeah. smoked him at Maitland. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Blake smoked him at Maitland, but it, it was, was Canberra. Canberra. Yeah, where yeah. Ryder turned it on. But he was super quick. Like I must say, I didn't know a whole lot of Ryder King about Ryder Kingsford going into the season, and he was someone that yeah blew me away. And then Caden Minia, he's the young one of the youngest in the field, and to get third overall, a big effort from him too. Yeah. So um, I have couple more questions for you before we get finish up here. Yeah, i got some too. What did you make of the way the champions were announced and the way the whole end of season was handled? Good, bad, couldn't have done much better. What do you do in these times? I don't know. Like, what's yeah. your thought? I think the end of season was handled um, as best they could. Like, you know, they were trying to have more rounds and everything and kept everyone updated and stuff like that. And it is what it is. We've all been stuffed around by it. Um, Media-wise, do you think they got it right, media-wise? I think so. Okay. The only thing I'm not sure about is how they announced the um, the winners. Okay. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I'm kind of with you. Like, I think... Kind of just come out on Instagram. I think, <laughs> given the situation, like, it kind of sucks. And I think it's one of them situations where it kind of wouldn't have mattered what they did. It, it just... The air had been sucked out of the season, and yeah, definitely. Just with the way that society is at the moment, like the whole air has just been sucked out of any excitement. So I think it was an extremely difficult situation for them. But I must say, at the same time, I thought it was odd that it was just like, here's an Instagram post. Yeah, that's how it was. Yeah, and then I also found it a bit like, oh, okay, how there was no like, um, press or media invited to do interviews or like. Um, really drum up the end of the season, or yeah, like bring 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 all the riders together, kind of like a formal thing, um, I, dinner or something, and present it there and have it live or something. Well, maybe, I guess they couldn't because of lockdowns and all that shit. But could have waited. I, We've waited that, this long. That's true. But I I was just a little bit surprised at like there was no like um, what's the way to put it? Like they didn't really chase any like broad media like. 
you know, like when a, I guess here's my example, right? When you see a new motorcycle get released by Yamaha, Honda, whoever, right? They engage with not just one person or two people. Mm. They engage with as many possible people and channels as they possibly can mm. and get everybody involved and make it this big thing where they just get everybody involved. And it's like a community get everyone involved, not just like, oh, hey, um, this is what's going on. We're going to release a new bike today. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how I felt about it. I was like, look, I, I guess what do you do in this situation? Because there's so much just rubbish going on with COVID crap in Australia. But so your options were very limited. But I did also feel like, mm, I feel like they could have engaged so many more media outlets, so many more media people, personalities um, to help like make something out of nothing and give give the fans something to be cheering about even though there's nothing on. So, I don't know, good and bad about it. Well, that's so that goes into one of my questions. What's your thoughts on um, motor, Motorcycling Australia, running it in Pro MX? How did that turn out? I think that's the option moving forward. Yeah, I, I think that's our best choice going forward. I, I, yeah, I, like I said, I think there's things they could have done better, but there's really not much. Like in a season and a year plagued by what we had going on in Australia, like I don't know that any other promoter, person, business, entity, whatever, could have done anything differently or better. I'd, yeah. And I think if anything, you in these times, it probably drives those independent people away because there just isn't a dollar to be made and they might as well go and run a normal business selling coffees or mm. whatever, right? Like why would you waste your time on a championship that you just have no idea if it's going to run or not? Like Kevin Williams, like for all the things he did in the end, you know, a lot of people weren't fans of the way he ran the series. But, like, in the last couple of years, how could someone like a Kevin Williams ever even run it? Like, it's just not viable. Like, you might as well go get a job doing something else. Like, Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. I, I guess I think it's the way to go. I think they did a good job. Um, and I think w- w- one of my points here is I think the TV broadcast was awesome and how Hammy and Hoags and all the people were involved in that. And that was all driven by you know, the people in MA and other bits and pieces. So, yeah, generally speaking, I think it was pretty good. Yep. So what are your top three stories, headlines, things, whatever, that you remember or will remember the 2021 Pro-MX Championship by? Tracks, riders, or the promoter, like I just said? What do yeah, you no, well, I obviously had – I had, would, was going to say um, Motorcycling Australia, mm-hmm. same thing. Done, done a really good job. Um, I thought the same, same comments as you. Um, done well out of what we've seen probably couldn't have been done better um, and it is the way, way going forward um, and from what I understand too something that I thought was really good was I think Motorcycling Australia generally speaking engaged with the broader motorcycling community quite a lot for that um, yeah. like they engaged with the teams with the riders with the the tracks like you know they encouraged license holders to go by giving them a discount to go you know you got 10 bucks off your ticket or whatever it was yeah so, yeah, anyway, carry on. Your, yeah. your point, not mine. Um, uh, and probably the Clout and Duffy battle. Did you see the video of um, them two talking about each other? Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really good. And then um, – and the championship was really close. Like, Clout wasn't winning until after Maitland. Um, and it was only three points separating them. So it was three to Duffy, three to Todd Waters. Yeah, I think it was eight points between the top four riders at That's the end right. of the season. Yeah. So it was a really um, – 
I thought I thought that those interviews between the two boys was um kind of funny. Um, it was good. That's what you want to see. Uh, I don't know if they talk off track. I don't. Know. If if they're mates, mates or whatever. But yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, that was pre- that was pretty good. That was a highlight. Um, but how do you think the championship would have turned out? Um, had of it went on, pretty much the same. Hey, I I think the best riders won. And when you look at those top three riders, I think that they all were deserving and everything of being there. And I'm really not sure that you could have changed much over the course of the whole series. Like, obviously, injuries can happen and whatever, right? Like, putting that to one side. When you look at the top three of each class, Clout, Duffy, Waters, Webster, Dobson, Bud, Fox, Kingsford and Minia. I don't think that you would see anything different if you're in... 10, 12 rounds as opposed to three. Yep. Um, I think there could have been a few people that really got in there and mixed it up and made it interesting. Like, I really wouldn't um, discount uh, Kurt Gibbs's efforts. Uh, yeah, I think he did really, really good. Got a couple of moto wins, a lot of speed, was just adapting to that Honda. And when we spoke to him at Maitland, he was saying, look, boys, I'm still adapting, you know. He's still developing it, yeah. And obviously now he's going to be moving on again, which is unfortunate but he got fourth in the championship so I do think that he probably could have got in there for a top three but at the same time I'm not sure he could have beaten Clout Duffy or Waters all season long Mm. every round so in that regard I think yeah Clout I think was just standout in the class like he came back from a moto down like um yeah, I, I know. I just asked you for your top three headlines. Yeah, I just added that added that one in from there because it was we'll talk we're talking about it. One but. of my top three is Luke Clout Moto Two DNF at One Thaggy, and it is not often you see a CDR Yamaha have issues. No, and then he come from that many points back to still win. So yep. that's as convincing as it gets. Yeah, two fifties. Yeah, look, Webster was dominant. So one of my points here, I knew he'd be quick, but I did not expect him to be by far and away the best rider and just. Dominate. Yeah, well, that was my third answer to your question as well. Was um, Webster how fast he was, um, and uh, I don't think anybody expected him to ride so well on hard pack. Did anyone expect him to ride that good at Maitland, Canberra? Uh, Canberra? Mm. Yeah, that, that, that no the one. Two. Yeah, no. I don't. I, don't, I think it, you know, unreal rider, but I don't don't think they thought he was going to win like he did. No, like he smoked them. Like, yeah. And he didn't look sketchy. He didn't look like he was overriding the bike or any of that. Mate. Yep. He was in a league of his own. Yep. And um, uh, signing and stepping up so fast. Yeah. Like, we've really had three rounds or something and already re-signed contracts and everything. Like, it was – I thought that was like – I was blown away by how fast that happened. There was nothing else announced for anything for anyone else. That was pretty much a done deal at Maitland from what I understand. That's right, yeah. So – that was really early, and if you think about it, at Maitland, we were thinking that we were going to have a series. Like, this is just going to keep going on. Like, yeah. life was pretty normal. And here he is locking in contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, looking at that 250 class, Webster, like we just said, I, yeah, I knew, I'd thought he'd be quick, but I didn't see him dominating and only losing one moto to Crawford. And he even then, in that moto, he was the fastest guy. Yeah. He just came from the back. Yeah. Um, Jesse Dobson, he's one of my headlines. Winding back the clock a bit to just before this whole COVID thing, I wasn't so sure about Jesse's future as a professional racer. I even said it here on the show, I think, and I even questioned his move to Circa. I was like, oh, geez, that's 
that's a big move. Like, I wonder how this is going to pan out. Well, yeah, I'm totally wrong on that one. And he put himself on the box, second overall. I, I didn't expect it, and I think he did awesome. So huge congratulations to him. I, yeah. And if and if you and if you're going to win or you're going to be on the box, that's the team that's going to do it for you. Yeah. Huge congrats to him, and I think he's done a wonderful job of turning. Oh, maybe turning it around is a bit, a bit much to say, but he's definitely put his best foot forward and shown what he's capable of. So, mm-hmm. congrats to him. Um, but yeah, they're all my three points, Jed. Yeah. Any any more from you there on Prime X? No, that's about it. Ferris to Honda. Mm. What do you make of that? <laughs> Well, I really, I really thought Gibbs was going to stay. He's only just gone over there and developed the bike and set himself up. And, um, you know, Ferris retired 12 months ago. And what's he done since? Well, he went Hello, to, he I'm went, back. Yeah, he went to Mackay and did all right, I guess, at the Queensland state title or whatever it was. Yeah, but then, uh, and you know, uh, you've got a solid rider and a solid foundation with Gibbs. Look how good he went this year. With not much testing, he's still testing. You know, he's still he's still going now. He's probably got a really good setup by now. I'm sure he's been riding or whatever. Um, and he is a top three, top five rider any day of the week. Mm. I think he could have done as good as Ferris. Maybe don't know how Ferris's headspace is and everything, um, but I guess maybe if you're looking for that MX SX rider. Well, neither of them are going to do Supercross. Oh, they're not? No. Okay, I didn't know Ferris wasn't doing no, Supercross. No. Okay. Oh, I guess maybe. I, uh, that hasn't been made official, but I, from what I understand, I don't think Ferris is going to do Supercross. Well, that was the only thing I was thinking. Yeah, right. Ferris might do Supercross over Gibbs, because Gibbs ain't going to do it. Yeah, he, he may very well do Supercross, but I yeah. I was under the understanding from, I don't know where or why, how I got that, but I was under the understanding Ferris is motocross only as well. Yeah, okay. So what's your thoughts? Um, I got to admit, I'm a little disappointed that Honda didn't stand by Gibbsy. Um, well, I can understand them wanting to chase Ferris. Like, I think that's a little bit of a different argument. But I've got to admit, I think it's a little bit. I don't think it's cool that they let him go. Um, yeah, like he came through. He won a couple of motos. They gave him a shot. He was developing the bike. He was doing a good job. I think it's pretty. Pretty rough that he's sort of been left out, to be honest, is my yep. thought piece on that. Um, and then on top of that, like Ferris wasn't exactly complimentary of Honda there not all that long ago, and he was pretty quick to point out he didn't enjoy his time with Honda when he rode for Yareev and Woodstock Honda in 2008 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit um, like, oh, all right, when I heard all about that. So... Good luck to everyone. Like, I think they'll all do okay. Like, I think Gibbs is going to come out fine with some deal and Ferris will do just fine too, but... What do you think, um, like, because Metcalf hasn't signed either. No. You know, so so, so what, what what's your thoughts on the Honda team and what's going to happen with the lineup? Yeah, who knows what happens there with Meddy and whether he wants a little bit of pay or bonuses or... How, yeah, I don't know how the Meddy thing will play out. And you just never know with... Honda and budget, whether it's going to be up or down or left or right or what they're going to do and whether they're going yeah. to put someone on a 250 or not. There's stories going around about they are trying to put someone on that bike and who it might be, I don't know. But, yeah, it's it's odd, i got to say. It's a bit of a weird situation like to sort of 
yeah, turf Medi and well, it would appear that they're going to turf Medi and turf Gibbsy. So, yeah, yeah, not sure I'm a fan of that one. But I, at the same time, if you, if you want to win with Ferris, then more power to you, I suppose. Yeah, so. yeah. Wilson Todd coming back. He's been shining in these last couple of GPs, which we'll talk about next. But that'd be interesting to see him come back here, Jed. Yeah, where's he going to go? What's open? <laughs> well, clearly anything's open because Ferris just got a ride. <laughs> Maybe Honda. Well, <laughs> there's your two fifty rider. Oh wow, jeez. Um, Jay Wilson, I think he's going to move up to the four fifty as well for Yamaha. So that'll be interesting to see how that pans out for Yamaha. Jay Wilson, yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, Jay. Yeah, Jay Wilson. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> thinking of someone else. All oh, right. Any other silly seasoners stuff you want to talk about there before we move on? Um, no. Not, not in um, not an Aussie? Not in Aussie, no. Cool. All right, let's move on to some GPs. Right, righto, World Motocross. What feels like, I think, some kind of record, the MXGP guys have been getting after it, Jed. Six rounds in the last four weeks. Germany, France, Spain, and then three in Italy. And we've got three more to go still in Italy at Mantaville. I won't go into all the details like I have been in the last few shows, uh, but I do have a handful of points that I thought we could touch on. Number one, maybe the weirdest point I've got. Did you see the soccer field in the middle of the track at the French GP? Yes. <laughs> is that a motocross track? Yeah. Is that an actual soccer soccer field? <laughs> it's both. Oh, it is both. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, and then the track weaves down in between the soccer field and the canteen or yep. sheds or whatever it was through that sand section. Yep, yep. So. Maybe we could bring that in here. Plenty yeah. of soccer fields. Yeah, why not? Golf courses. Yeah. Like yep. what's, what's down the road here at Westie? We've got a golf course. We've got three or four soccer fields and footy fields. Well, I was just thinking, right? Yeah. There's this one just down the back from your place. Is that a yeah. footy, f- footy or soccer or whatever it is? Ah, uh, soccer. Right yeah. beside the freeway. So noise isn't going to be a problem. On the bush. On the bush. You know, you can weave around the back there. Yeah, pub across the road. Yeah, pub just <laughs> up the street. Yeah, yeah. You could park all the semis on the on the soccer field in the middle. Yeah, well, there's there's that's actually pretty good parking down there. Yeah. Well, why not? So yeah, the West Wales End Motocross Nationals. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, besides that, though, I actually thought it was a really cool track. Like it was pretty narrow in spots. Yeah. But um, and hard to pass and all that, but. Yeah, it was cool racing. Yeah, it was like um, uh, Des Nations, like skinny track, and had a real like yeah. stadium atmosphere to it. Yeah, but they love that shit. Just mm. random tracks in random places, unmaintained, just, just shit. Yeah, <laughs> right around the soccer field. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe when we can travel again one day, Jed, that Trentino track in Italy looks like a pretty epic piece of countryside. Yeah, it does. Looks like a good spot. Yeah, I'd like to go there one day. Put it on the list. Yeah, why not? Um, 450s, three GPs left, three points between Romain Fevre, Geyser and Hurlings. Who's your money on? Well, I don't know. Did you see, well. Tim Geyser well, Jeff well, Hurlings. I'd like to put my money on Hurlings. <laughs> yeah. But it's too unpredictable. <laughs> you know, you just don't, you just don't know if the horse is going to bolt. Mm. But did you see Corolli move over for him? Yes. KDM orders, I suppose. You reckon? Well, dude, they're all on orange bikes. Yeah, but they're not on the same team. If I was Corolli, would would, would and you were Hurlings, oh well, vice versa. Do you think he'd do you think he'd move over for him? 
No, but I think KDM I don't think they like be, each other. But I think KDM would be pretty happy with you if they did. Yeah, maybe. Well, he's going gas gas. Well, he's retiring, but the team's going gas gas anyway. Well, same, but, same. But. Yeah, same stuff. But anyway. <laughs> Who's your money on? You get to pick one. I'm going to go Fevra. Wow. Okay. Just something different, something more consistent than Hurlings. I don't know. You, you can't, like a DNF, the, the other race. Like, uh, Yeah, I know. You, you can't DNF, you can't crash. Crashed twice and got whatever he got and then got back to fourth because the boys let him pass. Like yeah. we just said, Jorge Prado and Tony Caroli yeah. let him pass. So. You're trying to win a championship. What's your thoughts? Oh, I can't resist just hurlings. I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> I can't resist it. That's like moth to the flame here. Like I think I'm going to get burnt, but yeah, I'm going to go with him because I just think he's the fastest dude. He is. He, yeah, he is, but... <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I can understand why. Like, uh, and I've kind of fallen off the train. It's good to watch, but I, I don't know. Like you see that he's hard, yeah. a little bit hard to support in that the fact that you're barracking for him and then he ends up on the ground. Yeah, and you're like, oh, you know, yeah. Lots of crashes and mistakes throughout the season from all of these guys. Like, I cannot think of another motocross or supercross championship series that we have anywhere in the world where you see the top three, four, five guys crash so regularly. But the like, do, do oh, th- okay, hang on, I'll put Mark Marquez in one side over <laughs> yeah, here. He's yeah. he's different. He crashes all the time, every session. But he does a well. When you look over the course of Marquez's career, he manages to keep it up when it matters. So that's the main thing. Mm. But these guys, like. Hurlings, I think, has had the most documented crashes and shit going on this year, getting landed on and overjumping things and whatever. So he, I think he's the most decorated this year. But like Fevra and Geyser, they're not exactly short on crashing. Like Fevra crashed last week and he went off the side of the track. Yeah. Geyser, we've seen do just full send and cartwheel the thing. And he had a broken collarbone and he's, when was that? Three or four weeks ago? Whatever it was. It was only just recently. Mm. Was it collarbone, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. He yeah. got a screw put in his collarbone in between yeah. rounds. and So none of these guys are immune from throwing it away. Can I, I can't think of any other series where the top guys crash so much. It, yeah, I don't know. It's just... It's more gnarly than the US. It's more ex, probably more exciting than the US if you get right into it. Hmm. And like I said, and, and they're all going for it. They're, all, they're, all, they're not afraid to rub bars and... <laughs> they're just riding shit tracks. Yeah, they're just... Although, you know, some of them look cool and stuff, but they're just shit. They're, they are whooped out, rutted. They yeah. love it. Mm. It, they, it ain't red bud. No, it ain't red bud. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not getting, we're not getting the up ramps fixed in, in between intermissions. No. You know? No, they're pretty blown out tracks when you look yeah. at it. Maybe that's part of these crashes, right? Like, these tracks are seriously blown out when yep. you're seeing these guys make these mistakes. So, But it makes for good racing. Yeah, yeah. Before I move on to 250s, Jorge Prado, yep. is he ever going to stop crashing and cross-jumping people? He's so fast, he's mm. such a good rider, but it seems like like he crashes, I know we were just talking about crashing in those top guys, but he crashes mm. more regularly than those guys, and he cross-jumps people like you would not believe, and there was that one at, in Germany where he cross-jumped hurlings on the finish line, and they landed on each oh, other. Yeah, that was massive. Yeah, on that the was finish crazy. line. Yeah, but yeah. if you watch Prado, he does that regularly. Yeah, okay. Like not to that extent. I can't say I've really noticed it that much. 
but not to that extent, right? But yeah. he's not scared to jump across towards people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, like he needs to calm down. Know. Well, teammates again. There you go. <sighs> he ain't moving over for hurlings. He did on the weekend. Yeah, but then he landed on him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a couple of weeks before. <laughs> oh, so. Uh, anyway, like you said, it's an exciting series if you get into it. It is, yeah. Two fifties. Maxime Renault is your world champion with three rounds to go. Your Yamaha boy got a dungeon. He's on the best bike. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, steady improvements in the last couple of rounds too from Red Bull KDM's Rennie Hoffer. He's been pretty good. He was a bit average earlier in the season, but he's turned it around. Um, Jed Beaton must be sick of getting fourth. Gosh. Poor guy. Like, I feel like every time I've watched him, he's been in fourth or near fourth or gets fourth overall. Or but how how much more has he improved from at the start of the season? He has. Like, remember at the start of the season, well, we were actually hoping that they did good and everything, and we spoke about it. And then we thought, and then you know, the first few races happened, and we're like, oh, what's he doing all the way back there? You know. Well, then we found out he was hurt. Fourteenth, and yeah, and then hurt. And uh, I think it's he's got to be happy with how his season is. Trending now. Yeah. You've got to be yeah. frustrated with fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the scheme of it, I think it's pretty good. Top four rider. Yep. Top four in the world championship. It's nothing. I think he's, oh, I can't remember what he is overall. It might be fifth overall. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's fifth from memory in the championship. But um, yeah, still look lots and lots of force for beating. He did get a podium there at one of them. Can't remember off the top of my head which one, but good for him. Wilson Todd, we sort of alluded to it earlier, but he's been showing lots and lots of speed lately as this season winds down. He got a fourth in Moto2 at the last Grand Prix there in Trentino. Do you think we get a podium Moto out of Wilson before the year's out, Jed? Or is that a bit much to ask? Anything's possible over there. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's possible. I don't know, maybe. Same thing. His season's trending good now um, from what it was. Um, so, yeah. Could. Why not? Why not? Yeah. yeah. I think we could. Yeah. I think we could see a moto podium out of him. Yeah. Um, I think if we get later in the year, like one of those last round or two, like I, well, I know we've only got three left, right? But mm. it's only got to take Maxime Renault, who's the world champ, to be like, eh, whatever. And he gets a fifth or a sixth, right? Yeah. You know, one of these Red Bull guys falls off, which isn't uncommon, like a Hoffer or mm. Vial or whatever, because they're prone to throwing it away. Kai DeWolf was really impressive during that middle part of the year with those sandier-based circuits, but he hasn't quite been as fast on the more hard pack. So, And Wilson's been a bit quicker than him. So I think there's half a chance we could see. I don't think it's likely, but yeah. I think there's a, a shot that we could see him on a moto podium. So Yeah, definitely. That would be something to hang your hat on and be proud of, that's for sure. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else in GPs, Jed, before we move on? No. Nah. Righto. Three to go. All the best to the Aussie boys, and let's see who wins. Shout out to the guys at Rhino Power Jed. Don't forget the code. You know the code word again. (laughs) I can never remember. (laughs) BBAU21. Yep. So use that at your um, checkout there, guys. Save 20%. Yeah, Um, we've been seeing you guys using it, actually. There's been a few come through this month that, yeah, you guys stocking up on... On your supplements and drink bottles and things like that. So thanks for helping us out on that front, everybody. Yeah, yep. Um, did you buy anything this month, Jed? No, I stocked up last month. Oh, did you? Yeah. So I've still got a, <laughs> I've got a, actually got a cupboard dedicated to it. Oh, do you? <laughs> out there, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've, I've probably got more than what they've got in stock, but um, 
No, no. But uh, yeah, I bought some last month. So how'd you go? You got you mentioned last show that you were waiting on yours to come. I did, and it turned up. Yep. So I got my package there. Well, I obviously because of lockdowns, I haven't been going to the gym, so I haven't been using as much. Um, but I've been doing the Apple Fitness workouts at home and stuff like that. So I've still been using a bit. Um, but anyway, I got a package there. I don't know, three weeks ago, I suppose. Mm. Um, so I got the vanilla protein. So that was pretty good. I liked that. Uh, and you're trying the carbo and fuel. And I tried the carbo fuel. So you guys have all heard us say that Jed and I both work uh, shift work. So we work day shift, night shift, and it rotates around. And um, after some night shifts, I get pretty blown out. Like I'm really tired and I just don't have any energy if I'm trying to do a workout or pushy ride. Or you drive a truck, mate. How hard can it be? It's hard, mate. You're sitting in an air-conditioned, heated cab, and you're just cruising. I've got to keep my (laughs) eyes open. (laughs) (laughs) It can't be that hard. Your old man would be sitting there cacking himself now. (laughs) Right now, he would be. The challenge is staying awake. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's it's mentally draining, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. (laughs) It is mentally draining. Anyway, so and then sometimes, as you know, like coming off the roster, you get a hangover for days of... You're just flat, right? And I've just been looking for a little bit more of a, not a pick-me-up, but just longer burn of a bit more energy. And I'm pretty happy with the carbo fuel. I've been using it, um, as I said at the top of the show, I've been out on the adventure bike a few times now, and I went out to, been like up the Barringtons a couple of times, like out Chichester and Ladies Well and Frying Pan Creek and all these places. And, oh, God, I reckon I've put, oh, easy a 1,000 Ks on the Africa this month. And I've... Been taking it just on the rides like that. It's a tasteless thing, this carbo fuel. And I've just found that, like, it's hard to sit here and say, oh, look, it was better. I got this big improvement out of it. But also saying that, at the end of the day, I didn't feel nearly as knackered. And I still felt like I had sustained energy pretty good through the day. So I guess it's doing something. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. So Yeah, that's good. I would, yeah, anyone that's a bit like me maybe gets a bit flat or um, needs that bit of extra Longer lasting energy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I certainly rate the carbo fuel, so it's good stuff. Yeah, good. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, BBAU guys is the code to uh, BBAU twenty one. I should say mm. is the code to jump on there and save. Mm. And if you buy stuff, it helps us out at the end of it. So yeah, thank, thank you very much, everybody. Yeah. Um. So we'll do a product review, and we've also got a couple of questions and bits and pieces. We'll chuck it in all together here before we wrap up the show in the next bit, Jed. Yep. Uh. So this is the longest. Longest time I think I've ever heard anyone wait for this product. It was a while, wasn't it? So it I went on for a few shows, and we do a show once a month. It did, and you were still waiting. Yeah. So I, um, you guys, cast back your memories. It would have been about December last year. I ordered. Shit, was it that long? Well, it took a few months to get it, right? <laughs> it been, and I only just I got. So we're talking about the Dunlop MX fifty three front tire. Uh, yeah, Dunlop's intermediate to hard front tyre. I would say it's more of an intermediate. Um, I know by the label it's intermediate to hard because I guess they've got to put a label on it. But, yeah, I would say it's pretty well down the middle. MX-53 front, I ordered it. I reckon it was around sometime Christmas. And then I got it. It would have taken two or three months to get. And I got it. By Easter. Um, yeah, it was just before we <laughs> went to Coffs Harbour for the Transmoto. When was that? Was that March. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it took ages. It was before you got all it. this lockdown bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So it took two or three months to get it. I got it. I've had it on. Um, I've since look. I haven't done a lot of riding this year for obvious reasons, but I've thrown about fifteen hours on the bike. Um, maybe a bit more. Might be closer to twenty. But anyway, 
I've thrown about that much time on this tyre, um, yeah, that I've had since coughs. So, yeah, here's the product review, I suppose. Jed, what yeah. do you got? You got questions for me? Fire away. Yeah, well, I just want to know how it compares to the uh, standard tyre that you had on there, which was an MX33 uh, Dunlop anyway from standard. Mm. Um, uh, plus, you've had other brands of tyres and everything anyway. Like, you tried everything, Pirelli, Maxxis, the whole lot, mm. Michelin's. Um, what's your thoughts on how it compared to those tyres? And generally, where you generally run intermediates? Yeah. I, yeah, well, ar- around here. So. That's it. Like around here, I generally do like an intermediate tyre just because um, probably more so now that we've been doing more trail riding, right in the bush and some of the tracks that have been open a bit lately, like the island and whatever, are a bit more on the hard pack side. Really, I think the only track around where we are here in the Hunter Valley that's suited to anything softer, I think, is Cessnock, where you yeah. can very easily get away with a mid-soft there and it's perfect. Um, but, I mean, go to Lakes, go to... Raymond Terrace isn't open at the moment. That's a good soft intermediate tyre you can run there. It still bites. Yep. Whereas I think it, like lakes, the island, and out the bush and stuff like we're doing here, I think a soft intermediate's pretty useless, to be honest. Yeah, it'd be blown out. You'd be tearing dobs off. Exactly, right? It's just the wrong tyre for it. It's not to say they're bad tyres, <coughs> but wrong tool for the job type thing. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I like the tyre. I'm a fan. It um, grips considerably well on the hard pack. Um, like you get a bit less – if you think about like the, the more soft intermediate ones, like they grab pretty hard, but then they just let go on the hard. Like they grab, 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 and then they're gone. Like you just – you don't have much feel in between tuck – like it's starting to move and then it's tucked and you're on your face. Whereas I find with the, the harder intermediate tyres, you have more feel there. So you're coming through the turn and then you're starting to feel it break and you can make changes to what you're doing and change your line, right, brakes, whatever you're doing to help keep traction. So I like that about the hard intermediate tyres, and I think the Dunlop probably does this. I think the best hard intermediate tyre out there that I've tried is this one. It's got a little bit of a harder feel to it than, say, like a Pirelli mid-soft. Like, those things are pretty smooth and supple tyres. Like They've got a bit of a softer sidewall. And I haven't tried the new Michelin, so it's hard to compare against yep. those. James, if you listen, wouldn't mind new ones. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Radford. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I rate the tyre. I think it's really good. For the general hard pack around here, I, I'm a fan of the 53. I like it, yeah. Okay, yep. How's it, uh, how's it wearing so far? Better than I was expecting, to After be honest. 15 hours. I yep. mean, like, for comparison's sake, I would expect that uh, uh, like a Dunlop or a Pirelli soft intermediate, the MX... 33, 3S, whichever one you, you can get your hands on, uh, and the Pirelli mid-soft, the 33, those things wear pretty quick. Like, there's no doubt in that. And they're a good tyre, right? Like, I'm not it's, – it's just a trade-off, right? Do you want the wear – you get grip or you get durability? Like, you don't get both. Mm. I think this thing offers a pretty good mix of both if you're riding a lot of varied terrain. So, yeah, I, I'm impressed with the durability. It's still got heaps of life left in it. Um, yeah, I'll run this for a fair while yet still, especially on the conditions that we've got out here in the bush at the moment. And coming into summer, it's still going to be pretty hard here for the next few months. So, look, I'm predicting I'm probably going to be looking at a new tyre come uh, March, April next year, the yep. way it's going. So it's going to last, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. And it's, and it's still holding up pretty grippy too. Yeah, you're still getting traction with it. Yeah, like we yeah. were out here the other day riding and yeah. it was fine. Like I didn't have a problem with it. So, yep. yeah, I thought yep. it was pretty good. Um, and for people listening, what conditions or track uh, did it perform well on? Um, what, what would you recommend it for? 
for harder yeah. dry surfaces. Yeah, so, so a bit of loose over hard. So, like for example, material. like at at Coffs Harbour, right at the Transmoto, it rained leading up. It was a bit muddy and sloppy in the morning, um, and it didn't really get hard pack or or dry at all during the day. And I found this thing wandering around quite a lot, and I would have much preferred a soft intermediate at at Coffs. Just like I don't feel like this thing grabbed into the the grass as well when it got a bit like because it was kind of hard but wet. If you remember, yep. Like it just, I didn't feel yeah. like it didn't bite. Like this just didn't bite. It just slid across the top of everything. Yeah. Um, and it I'll, was slippery, but oh, a hundred percent. But yeah. I, I feel like I would have been better served with a soft intermediate at something like that. Yeah. Um, but if you're riding out the bush where it's going to be dusty, not not super dusty, but like that bit of dust around yeah. and pretty hard. Yeah. yeah I, I think this is probably one of the better tyres you can get for that sort of stuff, and it's going to last, be durable, and have that good balance, I think. So, yeah. yeah. Um, do you have the rear? No. On the rear, I've got... Oh, uh, no, I do, actually. I do have the yeah. rear. Yeah. I just haven't used it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I've got two rear wheels. So I've got the rear on, and I've used it oh, once or twice, and it was good. But it's hard for me to give enough a, hours on it. I haven't done enough hours to get a good full review. Like I rode it once on a motocross track and once at the Coffs Transmoto. Yeah. Um, so good tyre, but I haven't given it enough to give it a full proper review. Uh, at the moment, I've got on my wheel that I've been using more often, I've actually got a Pirelli mid-soft on it. That's what we rode out here the other day with. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I like that tyre as well. Like, and it's hard to sit here and say that one's better than the other, right? Because they're all suited to one thing better yeah. than the other. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, I think if you're in the trail ride space and you go here and you go there and it's a bit hard here and and all that i think it's pretty hard to look past the the 53 so yeah, good all-rounder yeah i think yeah. so no, it sounds like you'd buy it again I, I would yeah i would happily recommend it and i would happily buy one again um if these are the conditions i'm riding in ultimately i think i'd have um like a soft tire on the shelf for race days or something like that just to get yep. a bit more bite when you know the track's going to be good and prepared but for just general run-of-the-mill riding mm. yeah i'm really happy with it price Ninety nine bucks, and you can actually get them now, Jed. They're, They're in stock. In stock. <laughs> when you said ninety nine dollars, I said, "Yeah, but is it in stock?" <laughs> no, I've had a look. They are in stock and ready to go. So if you go to your dealer or wherever you decide to go, um, yeah, ninety nine bucks. Where you go? Yep. Hit them up for a discount. Tell them Todd and Jed sent you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we're in trouble. Then the price will go up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, there's my product review. Any everybody? Any more questions there, Jed? Or no, that's it. I'm out for the tire. Yep. There you go. Now, we got a few questions, questions. during the month, Jed. So, 125 yeah. class. Yeah, well, we shared the um, the uh, Arena Cross series that's been announced for basically um, Victoria, South Australia through Pro Tracks um, down there. Um, and we had, um, we're talking to a few people about it and everything. And one of the boys said, Can you talk about a 125 class at, um, at local races? Um, the juniors get to ride a 250 class and a 125 class, plus they get to ride, um, you know, you can ride an 85 and a 125 and a 250 and whatever, you know. There's multiple choices for for the younger kids. Um, and obviously he was getting at that, you know, we can only ride, mm. well, you, I guess you could ride a 250 and a 450 or whatever, but there's no 125 class option. Um, and then also unless they run like an all powers or... A, bit of an open one, as they do up here in the Hunter Valley. What's your thoughts? I mean, it's a great idea. Like, I do like your idea, Trent. I think it would be nice to have a space for that class. 
But I think it's probably limited to those one-off special events, like what we were saying with the 125 Cup Jet or for two-stroke events or or senior-only type events. Because I think, like... I see Lakes has a two-stroke class. Oh, yeah. Um, They've started a two-stroke class. I don't know if they still do it or not, but it was, you know, (laughs) when we weren't in lockdown, they did have a two-stroke class. The only thing I didn't like about that was it was everything, you know. You could ride a CR500 in there. Yeah. 252 stroke and 125. So it was a bit, you know, you're at a bit of a disadvantage, but I guess that's your choice as to what you want to ride. I don't know. You do have the choice to ride a 250, a 450, and probably an all powers. Um, I I guess my thought on it is, right, I think there's a place for it. I just don't think it's at every club day, that's all. Yeah. Um, I like the idea, and I think that there's mm. events where it, it could be in probably would be very successful, but I don't think it, that's at a normal club day, if I'm honest. It would be cool to get this... Um, just so many classes at club days, right? Like, I actually think we need less <sighs> classes at club days than more. The junior classes, like, you know, you talk about, what is it? There's probably like three lots of 50s, three lots of 60s, three lots of 80s, one two fives, two fifty 250Fs. 250Fs for juniors. Um, whereas back in the day, you know, it was um, maybe two lots of 65s by two different age groups. Two lots of eighty fives, big wheel and small wheel, big wheel, small wheel, one two fives. That was it. Maybe have maybe would have been split at the odd open meeting, but you go to club days. Oh my god, mm. there's so many um, split classes. I think it would be cool to get the one two five thing going, like you see what it's doing in Queensland, that, and they're only running it at a, at a club day anyway. Like that's that's the Gold Coast Cup thing is just their club day. Okay. Anyway, um, but they're you know promoting it as as the one two five cup, so. Hey, it'd be kind of cool to get a bit of a series going, you know, a few rounds up there and then a few rounds in New South Wales or something like that. But, yeah. I've said it on here before. I actually think one of the issues we've got with club days, particularly for seniors, is that there's a whole lot of people that I feel sort of get a bit left out. And I think it's more of an age thing. I think rather than bike size, I think we need to have a plus 25 class. Um, Like I know I just said we need less classes, not more, but... I actually think we could revise it a bit more and, and change it up and have a plus 25 class there and maybe get rid of, you know, because you're seeing sometimes there's A, B grade and then a C grade class or whatever. I actually think it would be better served to have a, a plus 25 class because I just feel like there's people that are in the plus 25 age group, right, that are just out there to have a bit of fun and ride their bikes and yeah. they feel like, well, this is my thoughts, right, because I've felt like this in the past and I... <coughs> not put words in anyone else's mouth, but at the same time, I'm pretty confident you would have felt the same and a lot of other of uh, our listeners. There's sort of a bit of a crossover point there around that 25 point where you don't really care about the racing part of it and it's just to go for a ride, right? And mm. we'd like to go and line up behind a gate and do it all with people that are a bit like-minded. Aren't going to rail us and in the first corner. Yeah, like I've got absolutely no interest at this point. Like I'm in my... What are we, 33, 34, whatever we are now? Well, yeah, we sh- you should actually say a 35 class because well, we're nearly we're there. We're nearly there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, so I'm like 34, right, but I've got absolutely no interest in the world against riding against 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Like, no, fresh out of juniors. Yeah, yeah. like, I, no thanks. No. Like, not to say they're not skilled or whatever, but I just don't want to race against them. Like, yeah. I don't want to be in that class. So I actually think there's more room for age group, more specific age groups in seniors. And then I actually would think that a lot of those people, because they're like-minded, they're similar aged, I actually think a lot of this class structure would disappear. Like, if it's me and you, right, and I turn up on a 450 and you're on a 125, like, who really cares? Yeah. 
yep. you'd probably just be just as happy. Yeah, um, like I said, like that's like a two-stroke class. It's up to you what you decide the ride. Yeah. If you want to go faster, ride the 450. Yeah, so yeah. that's sort of what I think there. Like, I'm not saying we need to get rid of 250 and 450 class. Maybe keep them, but it's just that's it. 250, 450, and then yeah, plus there's, 25 no, there's no C grades. There's no whatever, all that rubbish. It's yeah, yeah. just um, if you're in this age group, that's your thing, and make them yeah. a bit more around the seniors. So, anyway. Yeah, it's a lot to cream into one day. It um, is a lot. Um, any more questions, Jed, that you've got there? Or things no, no, I just had trends. During yeah. the month. So, I... I, had a couple, I got a little bit of info on the Bailey Malkowicz scenario because oh, yeah. I had a bit of a rant and carried on about the motocross designation things last month. Oh, yeah. So that was only ever a fill-in ride and he doesn't actually have bikes anymore. Oh. So hence the reason that uh, yeah, he didn't ride, de- there was no effort with designations was because he didn't officially actually have a ride. Oh, okay. Because yep, that yep. ran out and he hasn't yep. been back in the MX, EMX class since. Oh. So... Um, and then it appears to be crickets on what's happening on the Bailey Malkowicz front as well. So I don't have any more info other than that. But, yeah, I found that interesting. I thought – I don't know I don't know why I thought that he signed on for the rest of the season, but it was only a fill-in for a couple of rounds. So. Yeah. Well, I didn't see anything released. That just said he was going over there, I guess, and it didn't really say – Yeah, I, I, I made the wrong long. assumptions. Yeah. It was pretty much what it came down to. I thought he signed f- for the rest of the season to ride yeah. for that – Yamaha team, which was the EMX Yamaha team, I can't remember, but the guy that he replaced, Jeremy Sado or something, I think it was from memory, came back and oh. that was his spot gone. So yeah, um, yeah, that's the Bailey Malkowicz one. Yeah. Um, now the stock is best stuff. Let's I did clarify this a little bit earlier, but I guess where I'm coming from on this one, right, was I'd spoken to a number of people over the last few months who were carrying on about silly and ridiculous modifications to their bikes. And they're probably more the ones that I think are, again, silly and ridiculous. Not to say that, you know, you can't get benefits from modifying engines, putting on a Vortex. I have one. I'll put my hand up. Um, Can, definitely. But I just heard some people talking about, like, I need this engine and I need that to do good at my local club day and stuff like that. And I was just like, my goodness. No, you don't. That was more where it was coming from, so... I don't know. What are your thoughts? How many people have come up to me and said, what have you got done to your bike? Yeah. Who does your suspension? Well, like I do get that done every now and then and I have got it done at the moment. Mm. But There's been times in the past. How, how many people have come up and said... Where you've not even revalved your suspension. It's just bone no, stock. I've just played with it, tinkered it with, tinkered with it myself. Yeah. And I always say stock is best. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I just like the Yamahas and gel good with them. Maybe the other brands do need stuff done to them. Buy Yamaha people. <laughs> oh, oh, I've heard it all. But I just now. don't see the sense in spending the money when you don't need to. Yeah. If you kid kid or whoever it is, or you can't get that's the same as a two fifty four fifty debate, right? People go, you know, people still in are into me for not riding a four fifty. It's because I like riding my two fifty. And I can't ride a two fifty flat out, so why would I buy a four fifty? Yeah. Like 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 if if your kid can't kid or you can't ride that stock bike flat out why do anything to it? And, but the, the other bit that gets me a little bit right is, and this is the bit I guess that gets me offside, right? Is I could not tell you the amount of products that I have tested on bikes mm. that are worse than standard. Yeah. Right? And I'm quite happy to say the brand, and I've heard multiple accounts from multiple people. There are a number of pro circuit products, exhaust products, that go slower on dynos. And people have bought and taken them back off because they didn't like them. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I, I was saying it a few shows ago that I spoke to a Yamaha rider at the Motocross Nationals or Pro MX or whatever you're calling it. He was a professional in the 450 class who rides with the stock exhaust but had a brand new pro circuit there that they decided not to use because it was worse than stock. Mm. Um, I've seen dyno charts of two-stroke pipes that are aftermarket, not just pro circuit, that have been slower than the standard one. Yeah. And they're blaming the jigs or the moulds or this or that because such and such company would never have made a slower exhaust. But, like, the evidence was clear. Like, the bike didn't perform as well on the track and it didn't feel as good. And then the dyno told the same story. So I guess more what I'm trying to say is not everything is a golden solution and not everything works. Like, No, that's right. I think you have great advantages in suspension, getting your suspension dialed in for you and what you do. Um, But the other modifications... The other area I think is really important, um, which gets harped on about on, on you know, Kiefer and carries on about it all the time, is what they used to you used to call jetting, EFI. That's yeah. massive. Um, yeah, I've, yeah. I've run a number of Vortexes on a number of different bikes, Hondas, Yamahas, whatever. I've got a Husky now and I've just got a Vortex for it now. I haven't actually tried it yet. I'm keen to, but, mate, those things are incredible. Like, I love what the Vortex does to the bikes. They just make them so tunable. Um, you can really tune them so well. But mm. there's, again, so many other products that you get off and you're like, oh, well. Yamaha comes with an app. Did you know that on your phone? You can tune it Yeah, on your phone. Didn't yeah. you just yeah. buy a Vortex <laughs> for your Yamaha? No, it's on the 125, oh, mate. That's the 125. Anyway. Anyway, so that's yes. that. I just wanted to clarify that a bit because I got a bit of heat for that, I think. So, yeah. Oh, it's all good. I think it was all just a bit of fun banter stuff. I don't think yeah. it was anything personal. I'm not and worried. It, no, either am I, but, you know, there you go. How good are these forums? Great. So I've just, my phone just lights up. I love these forums, right? Africa Twin Forum. I will soon need to replace my sprockets. Where do you source sprockets from? Um, I love these forums. You probably shouldn't own a bike if you're asking that question. These are awesome. This is why I'm on these forums. <laughs> I love it. I just, that's awesome. Like, wh- do you, where do you get sprockets from, Jed? Do you know? I don't know. I did see a cool one today. I was at Woodsy's today. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember the, the brand name of it, but it was all shiny and stuff. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't say it was all shiny. Like, it had, like, um, um, it was, like, multicolored. Like, it was, like... Um, you know, like the Kashima coating oh, on your yeah. lower fork tubes and stuff, and you can get the multi yeah, kind yeah. of coloured one or whatever it is. I um, mean, yeah, it was kind of like that. It was that in the sprocket, and it was thin. It was the the sprocket was so thin, it was crazy. Yeah, right. It must have been steel um, and had a coating on it. Or yeah, something. and I actually said the Woodsy, and it was on the back of a four fifty. And I said the Woodsy, I said, oh, I don't know if I'd be comfortable having that on the back of a four fifty. Like, is it going to snap? Like, is the chain just going to twist it and rip it off? He goes, Yeah, I don't know. So. <laughs> anyway Another list of the mods I don't know I know where touch. to get your sprocket Go and see Woodsy Woodsy oh, will order you in a sprocket One of those Chris Wood's performance There you, there you go. go Anyway Alright That about wraps up the questions And bike review Unless yep. you've got something else You want to talk about no, there that's it yeah. Alright We'll move on Well that about wraps it up For the show Jed Anything else you want to talk about RPA days What's on this month I think there's some club stuff Going on again isn't there yeah, so um, Cessnock Lakes, Maitland, they've announced um, a heap of RPA days. I um, yeah. think they're going to, oh, well, 
Maitland as well. Maitland's got an RPA on the 11th and 12th, so it'll be a two-day thing. Cessnock's announced a heap. They, they've basically announced that they're going to run as many as they can before the end of the year. Well, that's good. Lakes has announced, um, well, they've got an RPA day in two weeks, but they've also announced the memorial will be run on the 5th of December that they do. Um, so that'll be good. Um, and Singo's still ripping it up. And uh, as as per usual, and who knows when the island's opening again. So I'd anyway. say it'll be in December at some point. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. no, end of December. And, yeah, well, the way the rules are well, changing. Yeah. Then they usually close down over Christmas. Well, yeah, well, they yeah. did last year. So. Yeah, no, you're right, they did. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, so local people, uh, RPA days, get on social media generally to look at those. They don't really update their websites anymore, so no, jump yeah. on Facebook, Instagram. That's where they put all their stuff these days. Yeah, I've yeah. been noticing too a lot of the clubs sort of putting that up, um, like, Coffs Arbour and Hastings Valley. Oh, they've sma- Coffs are uh, run smashing them out. They have been. Um, I even saw like I mean now is running sort of more like open day. We'll, yeah, uh, whatever you want to call it. There, they've been open again. Um, Learn to fly. All these places are starting to open back up again. So yeah, appears to be yeah more and more places to open up and ride again in New Let's South go. Wales. So yep. pity it's getting hot though. Yeah, it is coming yes. at the wrong time of the year to ride bikes. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. We'll take it. This is it. It's better than nothing. Yep. Uh, this month, what else? Anything else happening that you got planned? Just get the bike out? Get the bike out. I'll be going to Lakes RPA Day in two weeks. Yep. I'd like to go to Cessnock this weekend, but can't do that. Oh, we're uh, working. We're working. So, um, yeah, get to as many as that, many of those in the next month as possible. Um, mountain biking, smashing that up. And nice. Back to F45. Nice. That's the go. Yeah. I'm thinking I'll you? get the Africa Twin back out. I've been putting the Ks up on it lately. i I think, like I said before, I think I've put about a thousand Ks on it just this month. You'll definitely need that husky then by Christmas. Oh, did you see the new I seen husky? your photo? <laughs> oh, so husky just released a new nine hundred adventure bike, and yeah, oh my goodness, it's. I think you're a husky man. It's aren't pretty you? hot. Well, yeah. I, I'm not one brand or the other. Like obviously, yeah, I, we know. <laughs> I own a Honda and a husky. Yeah, but this husky, it was doing it for me. Looks good. Yeah. So oh well. Uh, yeah, maybe Santa's when they coming. come. Maybe when they come out, I'm going to have to go and do a test ride on one or something. Yeah, why not? Why not? It just looks too good not to. Yeah, go and get it dirty. Um, so yeah, keen to get out, have a ride on both the bikes. Really, I'd like to get on the husky. I don't know if it'll happen or not, but keen. We'll just see what the weather does. Maybe even we'll do another trailer or something. So yeah, see what goes on. Um, like we said, there's three GPs left, so you guys can catch those on the normal places. Other than that, there's not really any racing going on that I know of. Nah. Um, yeah, so. she's all over. Pretty quiet. I think the next couple of podcasts might be quiet. Um, we're trying to line up a couple of interviews. It's just timing at the moment, um, getting people at the right time, and we've been working on whatever and lockdowns and stuff. It's been difficult. So there are a couple of interviews coming up, guys, so stay tuned for those, and we'll catch you guys next month, eh, Jed? Yep. See you soon. <laughs>